The South Congress Podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the hosts and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. All right, this is South Congress Podcast, episode 103. My name is Cameron, and, um, you know, formats change because the world changes you guys are used to hearing me my buddy peanut sitting in the same room together talking about what's going on in the world what's happening in pop culture um you know devolving into the conversations we devolve into um but that's not really feasible right now so you know i'm in austin right now he's in san antonio right now we haven't really come up with a format on us being in the same place at the same time to record you know we both work in education so it was spring break for both of us but like I'm back to work next week from, uh, you know, work at home capacity. Um, he's in, you know, secondary education, so he might not be back until August. So who knows? So in the meantime, decided to switch the format up a little bit, um, seeing as how we're all kind of in the same situation. Um, can't really venture out into the world. Everybody's kind of at home or near their home, really only leaving um, for work or, you know, if they need supplies, if they need food, if they need water. Um, so, yeah, everybody's kind of stuck in the same place. So I said, hey, why don't I talk to people I know in different parts of the country, different parts of the world, seeing how they live, what they're up to, um, hoping that my audience gets a better feel for the type of network that I'm a part of and for us all to have some type of commonality um, through crisis. So when I put this on Twitter, I had like a long list of people who wanted to be kind of a part of this. And I think I instinctively went with somebody who did not ask to be on the show. (laughs) I chose I chose my man, Chris. Um, Chris is, I'll let him explain it, but he's one of my very favorite people um, on Twitter. One of my favorite people in the uh, kind of wrestling adjacent community. But uh, Chris, how you doing, man? I'm great. Wow, what a nice intro that was. Yeah, I'm yeah, great. Right. I'm splendid. For all the terrible from a guy things like you say about me. <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. Um, <laughs> I love our bands, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah. But um, yeah, just give people a feel for what you do, the type of content you create. Um, just kind of an overview, and we'll kind of get into specifics as we go along. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm, I guess, a social media content creator. I make stuff for people to laugh at, a uh, comedian, uh, graphic designer, photographer. I just do as much stuff as I possibly can. Yeah, that's pretty much it. A lot of it's wrestling related. A lot of it is um, related to other aspects of entertainment, uh, adult or otherwise. And yeah, pretty much it. So the thing that impresses me, like I, um, I was in college when you were in elementary school, pretty much, right? Um, yeah. So you know, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I had no idea. I still don't really know. But like all this, this podcasting stuff and, you know, a little bit of graphic design stuff that I do, like the different media stuff, that's all really new. That's Mm -hmm. like three, four years old, where in your case, like I've looked at the stuff that you've done and what sticks out to me is like the photography, like you were doing photography or wrestling shows. I remember you doing um, like causes birthday photography. Oh yeah. I looked at it and I was like, wait a minute, like. This kid was like 16, 17 doing this stuff. <laughs> like, how do you start? Like, first, well, you, one, people should know you're a giant. So you're walking around, you know, 
six three, six four, probably eleven years old. So nobody can <laughs> come into these places. But jokes aside, like how do you get started? Like being in like these different areas and avenues and this kind of company at such yeah. a young age. Uh, it also. Uh, it really all started at 16, and I was uh, when I was at 16, I was actually going to college. So I was going to the University of Rochester because I was a smart boy. So I like and over there, it was like I never wanted to go to school because I used to go to a charter school, and they were always like, "You got to go to college, you got to go to college." And I'm just automatically like, "No, I don't want to do that. I just want to like wrestle and do whatever I want to do." <laughs> so when I went there, the first thing I did was just find a wrestling school, like a wrestling promotion to take pictures at, and that and that's pretty much it. And then I flew, I consistently flew back to New York City. Uh, I remember Kaz had like uh, real life Kaz and Emilio Sparks. They had like wrestle rap around that time was like really starting to get popular. I remember like being so into that. I would just start making stuff for wrestle rap and start tagging it as wrestle rap. Like uh, I remember I did like hip hop covers uh, in terms of wrestling, like uh, or like I, I did a like it was SummerSlam. I forget which year, but I did like SummerSlam match cards for wrestling. It was like little wayne versus young thug on like a SummerSlam match card and stuff like that's so how i get noticed so i would just do all this other stuff and then eventually we just keep making stuff i remember i was like asked to be part of the wrestle rap like twitter uh like i did their social media stuff for a while i was like 18 i got um i did a video of uh, when joe budden was yelling at little yachty i put that over some wrestling stuff and i, I literally got hired by a mass pill magazine just off of that tweet at 19 years old for sending tweets so it was really just making as much content and sending it to people that would appreciate it or could get it on a bigger platform so prior to tiger driver and we'll get into what that is too yeah baby do you do you have something specifically that you made that stands out that you're like if, if i could show people one thing <sighs> this is the thing i'd want them to see or even just a couple of things man it was uh, i don't know what year it was but it was that year that uh that kd uh left the thunder to go to the warriors mm-hmm and that year with just content for me, maybe it was 2016, I don't know, was just crazy. Like, I made the video of um, when the Shield turns on, when Seth Rollins turns on Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose and the Shield and joins With the heads Triple over H. it? Yeah, I put the heads over it with, like, KD yeah. versus <laughs> Seth. I, and I, that was, like, the first... I remember that year, I was like, I just want to tweet to have, like, a thousand, a hundred retweets. I remember that one had, like, 45,000. I was losing my mind. Like, I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. And I got reposted everywhere. And, like, I think that was the same year I made, like, the Avengers trailer and a style of wrestling and stuff like that. Like, that year of just making stuff when it blew up everywhere and, like, getting asked to, like, oh, can you post this on our on our site and all this stuff? It was, like, it was crazy. Like, that, that era of making stuff was just wrestling content over video was like yeah this is this is what i this is that was my specialty you know at that time so you're literally born into like the very and i I couldn't even say the very end because it's not even like it was very long but i would say born into the middle of the attitude era and to me you Mm -hmm. know even if you're the smartest kid in the world like three four five is when you start to kind of know what's going on so what got you so attached to pro wrestling and especially pro wrestling from when you were literally a baby it's uh i was born in 98 and so my brother is about 14 years older than me so when you go in that household okay. you know all right like so he's, you, my, he's pretty much I got yeah you. yeah pretty much so he's watching that and so like when i i tell people like i literally have been watching wrestling because i was zero like when i come when i like before i was a year old i'm staying in that room staying in the house with my brother Every Monday, he's watching uh, Nitro. Like he's watching Raw. My cousin's watching Nitro, and they would switch tapes. So I grew up with all the tapes because they would record it and then keep it, and they kept it at my house. So even like I was like five years old, 
I would just <laughs> legit watch Nitro and Raw that week. So that's how I know all this stuff. Like, I remember my first real wrestling memory that I can literally remember was, like, the last episode of Nitro. Like, it was maybe, was I nine, it was 2001, so I'm, like, three. And, like, I just remember, like, smelling cooking, burning, and I just remember seeing Sting on TV in, in, front, in front of a bunch of bats. And it was, like, he's talking to Ric Flair about, like, how they're going to fight on the last episode of Nitro. And that's the first memory I have of, like, anything. Legit. So it was all because my brother was a teenager during the Attitude Era that I kind of just grew up watching that. And as he fell off in, like, 02 and 03 and 04, I still kind of, like, I was just getting bigger into it because I could watch live and I understood stuff like that. So it was all it was all really kind of thanks to him, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. So... It still doesn't explain to me why Sting's your favorite, but oh boy, um, what a short. But no, 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 no. Jokes aside, let, <laughs> let's let's talk about that though, because we all have like like weird enough, like my very favorite wrestler. If I had to go with one, yeah. is Scott Hall, and Ooh, Scott Hall doesn't point. like. You have to be, and, and again, you be unique because you had you know br- a brother and a cousin kind of my age to kind of get into that portion of wrestling. But like, to me, like that was, I saw him before I saw Scarface. So he was cool before wow. the movie Scarface was cool. I didn't know who got it from who. And so, you know, it was just, he was the coolest guy in the world to me. And when he did get in the ring, like you would see that, that athleticism, how smooth he was, yeah. how he could do all the stuff at six, eight. And so that was like my thing. Like, what was it about sting that stood out for you? That just makes him resonate to you to this day. It's that thing, man. Like, that that's my first memory is black and white face paint. Like, I had never seen nobody like that. Like, at three years old, you just see this guy, all energetic, black and white face paint. Like, holy hell, this is so dope. Like, to the point where it was 01, and, like, he wasn't on any other wrestling show, right, for three years. And I remember he debuted in TNA in 05, and I was, like, ecstatic. Like, I knew everything about Sting just off of tapes, off of DVDs, bro. Like, I don't – it was just that, that, that aura, that character about him. And it was before I even knew what the crow was. Before I even saw that movie, I was like, yo, this is the coolest person ever. I ain't never seen nobody do anything mm-hmm. like this. Like, I remember uh, we would go to FYE, which is, a, I think, I don't even think they have those anymore. A store called For Your Entertainment. And they had this uh, movie called mm-hmm. Sting, The Moment of Truth. And it's like his own biography. Bro, I lost my, I watched that movie like 50 times. And I was like four years old. It's about like Christ. <laughs> It's about like his uh, his addictions of pain pills. I was like, man, this is awesome. And I was just like, it's it just always it always stuck with me. And then like growing up and like seeing the crow and then seeing all the similarities between that and like how that character progressed through WCW and figuring out about the surface thing and all that. I was just like, yo, this is just to me the progression of that character is cooler than most things in wrestling ever. As hard of a time as I give him about his character, he seems to be one of the good people in wrestling. Um, what was it like meeting him? Oh, dude, I lost my mind. Man, I, we we went to Rhode Island Comic Con, I believe it was 2018. So from New York to Rhode Island, it was about like a five-hour, six-hour drive. I didn't give a fuck about any of the Comic Con stuff. I didn't care about it. I just went to meet Sting. And like he, you know, we, it was like 80 bucks or something like that. And I ended up paying double by accident. But I didn't care. I was like, you know, I don't know when I'm ever gonna meet Sting. And some, people, <laughs> some people like don't meet Sting. Some people meet Steve. You know, some people just meet him in like regular okay. gear when they pay for it. And I, he was he was just there in his full thing. And I was like, hell yeah, man! I walked up there, and he was like, what's your name? And my friend, uh, Keep It Five Star Kyle, was recording it. He saw he was recording. I was like, oh, my name's Chris. And he just grabs on the shoulder. He's like, yeah, man. Me and Chris here have been friends for a long time. And I'm like, I'm like losing my fucking mind because he doesn't know that that's like. <laughs> 
he doesn't know like ever yeah. since I was three years old, like yo, you've been like I got I got like sting I got like a I legit have like a sting uh what would you call it? I don't know, with a bunch of stuff dedicated to sting in my room. Like so I was losing my mind I, and I was on cloud nine forever. Like that was just that was the coolest thing ever. Well, I'm happy for you. Like I'm oh, glad okay. you got to meet the guy. Because again, like <laughs> as many jokes as I crack, he seems to be like, you know, a really decent dude. And it's called a shrine, Chris. A shrine. Yes, a shrine. I forgot the word, yeah. <laughs> so let's um I want to jump um over some stuff. Um yeah. and we'll get back to it, but let's talk about WrestleMania for a second. Oh um, yeah. you know, I think you and I are on the same wavelength with stuff like safety and decency. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think like, we were two of the loudest voices trying to understand people's obsession with still making it to WrestleMania, it's... like in the face of a pandemic. Um, crazy. Just, and, and you don't have to get into specifics. How did that make you feel seeing the reaction from people that I would kind of consider in our circle as far as mm-hmm. who we interact with and not directly, but, but kind of extended circle. Yeah. Like how did it make you feel watching them like clamp to still want to sit in a building of 90,000 people in the middle of a pandemic? You know, what's crazy to me is like, I wasn't even really going to go to mania. <laughs> I was going to mania weekend for all the other stuff around it. So <laughs> people that are just going straight up for mania and maybe to hang out with their friends, like, well, where, what, what are, are we going to get to go? Like, you know, some people, um legit wanted to know if it was going on so they get their money back and stuff like that but some people like the day before they announced it was like well can we go to can we still go i'm trying to go i'm trying to see mania it's like bro we're gonna die like ain't no way in hell you gonna go to <laughs> wrestlemania with all these smelly you know no offense but like all these dudes that don't wash their ass they wash their hands they not they don't they don't pro- practice good hygiene ain't no way you're not catching the rona i was like stay home like there's no it's not worth it edging or it ain't gonna be worth catching the coronavirus because you don't want to you want to sit there with ninety thousand people man i was it was I, I was losing my mind at the thought of people just waiting to fly out still some people still fly at flying out to florida this day if they could it's crazy yeah um and that's what got to me it was just like we have to have common sense like these things these things happen every year <laughs> you can go see wrestling at any yeah. point um, i'm spoiled man i've been to what I've been to four or five WrestleManias at this point. And so like, I, I understand there are people who have never experienced it and people want, everybody wants to do something before they die. But my point is like, but you could just not die though. And then <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wait a bit longer. It just, kind of, exactly. No. And you can do it more than once. Um, well, I was excited like to go to the, the WrestleMania adjacent stuff, like the, for the culture show, yeah. uh, sweatpants battle Royal show. Like there was stuff outside of WrestleMania. So, so let's talk about that for a second. Um, talk about your involvement and kind of fandom with the smaller wrestler promotions that are probably going to have a bit of a tougher time once we come out of all of this. Yeah, man, there are, I think for me, uh, I've been watching wrestling literally my entire life. So when I found out that there was an alternative to it, like the mainstream wrestling, it was kind of like, just it was it was magical. It was just finding like you know it's like it's like listening to only rock music or something, and then you listen to rap, your first hip hop song, your first hip hop album. You're like, oh, there's other stuff out there, and it was just it was like this automatic love for independent wrestling. So I've always loved it uh, since like I was a teenager. So I've always wanted to support it, and that's one of the things that's really exciting about WrestleMania weekend is that these guys get to uh there's it's their it's their wrestlemania you know some of them work eight shows a week a week that weekend some of them work three shows a day uh just for the opportunity to 
get a bigger name out there. And that's that's the worst thing to me about WrestleMania weekend because, you know, people signed by the WWE will be fine. The WWE will probably be fine. They are a, a billion-dollar company. But, you know, guys like uh, AJ Gray, Faye Jackson, uh, Effie, all these guys that are working all year to get this big WrestleMania weekend, you know, the fans come in. They probably, sign the, they probably sell the most merch and all that stuff. That That's really going to affect them and negatively impact them. So that's that's probably the worst thing about it. I just, I don't know. Re- uh, independent wrestling is so much, it's so important, I think, to like being a wrestling fan. It's kind of like supporting somebody on Bandcamp or SoundCloud. And then in the next year, you know, they're on Apple Music uh-huh. or selling out uh, selling out a tour or something like that. Like the guys that everyone loves now, like Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, all these guys, literally two years ago, you could see them at Evolve. You know, three years ago, you could see them in Ring of Honor. And so it's always kind of crazy that people don't want to support independent wrestling. They kind of look look at it weird. But yeah, all their faves now are are straight from the independent wrestling. They're straight from the bingo halls, as they'd say. All their crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, who is uh, at this point? And it could be a few people. Who's mm-hmm. your favorite performer that you've made um, some type of merch or design for? Mm, uh. I was like Leo Rush is pretty good. Like Leo Rush way back in the day before he got signed. I made stuff for him. Uh, mm-hmm. uh you know, I, I and of course I have to I'd be remiss to say I didn't I didn't enjoy if I didn't say I enjoyed making uh the gray sweatpants battle royal graphics just because I had to uh mm-hmm. Photoshop sweatpants on everybody. And then just one day my friend found out that I yeah. was the one making them. And then they was like, yo, you got you to gotta Photoshop sweatpants on dudes, LMAO. I was like, all right, yeah, you got me. That was That's probably my favorite. I love Faye. She's the best. So making <laughs> stuff for her is great. No, taking her to Red Lobster was one of the highlights of, of my trip. Was going to be anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I dig that. Um, so, so let's talk about that. Um, you go from you're doing photography. You're, you're making graphics and helping with merch. Um, you know, Chris, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do as far as creating content for stuff like wrestling, I was like, hey, and this is the honest to God truth. I was like, hey, you know, it would look really, really cool um, as like a design on like a hat. Tiger Driver 98. That would look amazing. Like, it's the coolest <laughs> name move in the world. And guess what? Never, ever, ever put it into, into Photoshop. And I turn around, and, and all of a sudden, you've done it. Um, and granted, it wasn't, wasn't even a sliver of jealousy. But um, tell me about how you and Jake, uh, uh, Tiger Driver, and just explain to people what it is that you're making, what it is you're creating, kind yeah. of your mission statement. With Tiger I, when I like when I first started pitching to wrestlers, it was kind of, it was like yeah, it's gonna be I mean, we want it to be complex for wrestling as much as possible. Uh, I just wanted to be a hub for everything wrestling, but mainly we want we want to support independent wrestling or lower like you know lesser known wrestlers. Uh, even like even us, we want to talk about like WCW and ECW people like so wrestling is so much bigger than just modern WWE. So we just want to let people know, hey, here's this cool New Jack promo. Here's this cool Effie thing. Here's this cool, you know, who's Warhorse and all these guys like so that was the big pitch for us. Um, it really started because I wanted to tweet about wrestling less. So I was like, yo, I, I want to tweet about more photography and stuff like that. But I don't want to not tweet about wrestling. So me, Jake and originally a Twitter mm-hmm. user. THG, uh, I don't know if anyone knows him. T, he's always got the viral tweets. T E E H 
A I T C H G E E. It was all of us making tweets, uh, but it kind of fell apart because they didn't really have a vision, and we would just all eventually just tweet random stuff. But then I was like, man, I could actually do something with this platform and do something that I want to do, and so it was it was just like just do it. Like I we got the Squarespace account, we you know we reached out to some people, and then we just like got the interviews up. And we started saying what 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 could people use? You know, we do uh, playlists, which starting Monday or starting what's what's today. March 23rd, starting March 23rd, we'll have a daily a playlist every day during the pandemic so people can find out some new wrestlers, old wrestlers, stuff like that. We just wanted to make wrestling as accessible and as cool as possible. So it's not just, you know, straight. it's not just just having to watch Rob Gronkowski hump a ring rope every uh, Monday or Saturday or Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me this. So I I live in a suburb just north of Austin, Texas, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's spring break, so nobody's in school. So, I mean, really the only places to go are like the grocery store or a Walmart or the gas station. It's really about it. You see people there or you're at home. But, you know, I've been to New York. New York is built different than than Austin's built. So, um. (laughs) You know, I see people, but I don't, don't see people, and people are normally in their houses anyway. Um, you know, my social life isn't really right near where I live, so I would have to drive there to see that there was nobody there. So even though things are different, and I know they're different, like the biggest difference I see is people are less places on their Instagram. Tell me what New York looks like right now. It really don't look much different. It's kind of crazy. It like It doesn't look any... Like, you know, I, I'll, I'll go outside to just walk my dog or, like, get food. Like, I'll make one food trip a day. Like, I'll try to limit how much I go outside to get something to eat. And But it's it's the same amount of people pretty much. Like, some people might wear face masks. Some people might wear gloves. But it's just as loud. There's less traffic. Like, you know, there are obviously less people. But it's, like, it's still an alarming amount of people outside. Like, I don't really go. I'm not going anywhere to find people. But, like, there's a, you know, there's a brunch restaurant across the street from my house and before they were forced to shut down like people were eating there like full like 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 just so close to each other like like just maybe 50 people out in the front yard eating brunch and this was like maybe what last week friday so it's just it's like it's crazy it's just new york doesn't care about anything like our uh cuomo is just literally it's like i don't know what i have to do to tell people to like i don't know what i have to say for people to stop the, they're still going to as many uh, like farmers markets and stuff like that. Like people don't care here. It's really kind of alarming, actually. It's like very similar to what I see going on in Florida. Like people still going to beaches and stuff like that. It's just like it's nuts, man. It's crazy. Uh, our bodegas, though, most people are like freaking out about the grocery stores being empty. Our bodegas are stacked and stocked. They're pretty. Uh, they don't have any soap, but they still have all the food you could ever need. Like uh, my guys are every day. They're ordering okay. new turkey. They're ordering like tons of cheese and bread and turkey and all that other stuff. They never, they're never sold out. No snacks are sold out. Everything you ever need is still at a bodega. So that's that's one good thing. But most of like the gentrifiers are still going to grocery stores and losing their minds. Like oh, I don't know what to get, and I just go to bodega and get anything I need and it's still there. And you're good. All right. All right. Well, that's good to hear, man. Um, <clears throat> let's say that we come out of this. Being optimistic. Let's say we're out of this in a month. Ooh. What's the first place you go? What's the first thing you do? Oh, I'm going to the gym, baby. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? I've yeah. Yeah. you know, I, I didn't take any risks because my gym is not I don't go like Planet Fitness or Blink. I go to like a real old gym, like 
grimy, disgusting. Mm-hmm. So I knew if there was one place the coronavirus is going to be, it's going to be there. <laughs> so I, I took no chances. I, like when they said, "Yeah, this is getting serious," I was like, "Okay, well, I, it's been like twelve or fourteen days, maybe." So I just haven't gone. And so that 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 first day that they say everything's fine, I'm out. I'm going there. I'm hitting chest. I'm hitting a little buys or something. I don't know. I might do a full body day. I don't care. Yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm grabbing a mimosa first chance I get, but <laughs> I understand exactly what you're saying. So two things happened to me, Chris. Um, one time I, uh, you know, cause of the media thing, I get to go, if there's like a raw or SmackDown in town, I get to go for free. Right. Yeah. And so I'm sitting in my nice free seats, enjoying a beverage and Undertaker comes out. And I'm pretty sure I called him a whore on Twitter, right? <laughs> Got to spend it for 12 hours. Oh, no. And the rough oh, part is like, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm building to. So All the rough right. part is like, I'm at, I go to, um, I go to a bar, uh, I go to Sixth Street right after the show. And I'm in there and I'm just hanging out with like Anderson and Gallows, like just kicking it, playing beer pong. And like, I can't social media any of it because. I'm suspended. Yeah. Um, another time, a buddy of mine was saying something about, uh, I forget exactly what the conversation was, kid I went to school with. I was like, hey, we'll dive in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I get suspended for a week. Uh. Now, um, so I've been suspended from <laughs> Twitter for a total of seven days and 12 hours. Chris, how many times and how long have you been suspended from Twitter? You know, let's. I you know, honestly, if you really want to can take about it, I've already I've been suspended for over a year technically. Uh, <laughs> just got that account back, right? Yeah, I just got that. Uh, like, uh, I had an account over a year ago with my name on it. Like it was just at Christian. It was awesome, and I posted a video of like DJ Academics uh, reacting to Sicko Mode because he reacts like a child, and it's very funny. And I posted it, and they're like, "Hey, man, you posted Sicko Mode. You got a copyright strike." This is like your second copyright strike. Your account's getting taken down. And it was gone for up until maybe two weeks ago. They just Last week, they just brought it back. So for a whole year, that account was gone. But I also uh, I also got suspended recently because I said that uh, Ed should shoot Randy Orton on Raw. But, no, but you're, not being, you're not being completely honest. You didn't get suspended for, for saying that. You got suspended for not heeding my warning. Because I'm 100% sure I said, hey. You, you're you absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You, you said, said they you said no. <laughs> I think your exact words are like, yo, man, you, you keep trying to get suspended. I was like, well, they're not going to silence me. <laughs> and then and then I, I check my phone at the gym and I try to tweet and they're like, hey, man, <laughs> you got suspended. And I just mentioned you and I'm like, I just I, I Instagram message you. I'm like, they silenced me. <laughs> they fucking got me. And it was a whole week of I think it was like during a pay-per-view or something or some big thing on raw and it was really annoying i couldn't tweet about it for a whole week i was losing i was just like you know what it was it was like all this the pandemic stuff and like vanessa hudgens moaning and like all this crazy stuff that would be on brand for me i couldn't tweet about it and it was just so it felt it felt so annoying man they just they always get me and guys the way that he feels right now is something that we kind of go through is oh my god this thing is happening we can't be a part of it that on a much larger scale is what everybody else is going through right now. Now you guys have to feel it too. No, um, we don't wish that on anybody. But um, yeah, um, before we get out of here, man, anything? Oh, there's one more thing I want to do. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. see if you're going to do it though. Three wrestling Twitter accounts you just don't like. Three wrestling Twitter accounts I don't like. Uh, number one, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, fuck it. I don't give a shit. Uh, let's see. 
I, this is, okay, first of all, any Twitter account that has me blocked, I don't like that. I don't know any of them. They, they, they block me for no reason. I think it's quite stupid. I don't do anything that bad. Uh, there's this girl on Twitter named T. Woodley. She just tweets out the worst opinions I've ever seen. She's like, oh, man, macaroni and cheese is disgusting. Oh, man, Seth Rollins is the greatest wrestler of all time. I'm like, you hey, Quickly, quickly, not to interrupt you. Um, when I said that if you're still waiting to see if they're going to cancel Mania, um, or if, if you still go to Mania if they don't cancel it, I'm going to burn your house down. Um, and then she quote tweeted that and said, uh, focus on yourself or something like that. And it got no likes because <laughs> you sound like a, an idiot. Like, I, got, yeah, I, was, man. Like, I was like, yeah, like, like, so what now? And she couldn't say anything. So yeah, yeah. That was ass. You know, yeah, we're cool. We're friends. I made sure she got home safe one time when she came to like SummerSlam, but right. her account is ass. It's cool. We're, you know, you know, it, it, that's what friendship is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is it? Oh yeah. Twitter user, uh, at Seahawk. Yeah. That guy's a yeah. fucking, He's what a, a what a he dick. slandered Sting all the time. It pisses me off. Oh, <laughs> somebody somebody uh, <laughs> blocked me and then told on me to all their friends about uh, is her name AEW Phoenix? I think is her oh, name. It yeah. wasn't her. <laughs> knows her. And granted, like I and it's weird because I don't have anything against the lady. I'm sure she's perfectly fine. I apparently I'm not allowed to say, hey, your reaction is a bit heavy. Man. Like apparently that's wrong. It's like God. I, it's just like, why can't we, we you know, it, it always turns into like a, a big thing. It's like, no, nah, you're bugging. Like, you're, this is weird. Like, you know, I don't know the lady. You know, I, I wish well wish to her. But sometimes I see her tweets and I'm like, this is why niggas don't fuck with AEW fans. Like, this is why they're like, oh, man, this is this is that side. The same thing with WWE fans sometimes. Yeah. You'll see their tweets and you're like, oh, this is why I don't want to watch. This is why I don't want to wear a wrestling shirt in public. Because y'all are going to be weird about it. Yeah, it's the one space we're not allowed to call people weirdos. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think that's fair. If you're being weird, being um, <laughs> but everybody's just fine. Um, it's because I, I can't talk about it until Wednesday. And there was no way that Wade Keller was going to talk about it. Want to talk about Braun Strowman really quickly? Oh yeah, man. Braun Strowman is a piece of shit. <laughs> Let me just, Braun, I don't know. Am I allowed, like, I, I've been just cursing. Am I, is that, is that the vibe here? Say, sir, they will not suspend us. All right, cool. Yeah. First of all, my girlfriend's in love with Braun Strowman. So him being a dickhead was great for me. He like she like was like oh that sucks I was like yeah yeah he's a dick <laughs> I would never say something like that but he said you know uh, player Uno tweeted about how wrestlers indie wrestlers are losing their uh, losing a lot of paychecks and he replied it was some Instagram like I think it was like Smart something posted it so Braun Strowman yeah, yeah Braun Strowman follows a Smart Instagram account first of all but they reposted that and he commented and he was like oh well you know maybe they should have had a backup plan instead of and it's like. No, Braun, no one had a backup plan for this global pandemic. Like, no one knew this was going to happen. Like, you are safe. You are good. You, ha- you have a million dollars off of doing nothing. You've never really – you've done a dropkick. That's great. And you flipped a couple of fake cars. That's cool. But some guys, like, have to work every night, every weekend, every night, then have a second job. A lot of those second jobs have been canceled. You know, they can't go to work. They've been fired or whatever. And they just want, you know, hey, here, buy my T-shirt, buy this, whatever. Like, it's crazy to have that, that spot of privilege – and just to be like, well, you need to stop complaining and you need to, you know, you need to stop asking for handouts. It's like you literally got handed your job because you are a big man. Like that's that's nuts to for you to say. Yeah, it's always the guys with wings that ask why everybody else can't fly. Yeah. You know, that was um, that was yeah, I think that um, I know 
your experience is more than mine, but I can kind of echo it a little bit too, just in people I've met in the last year or two. Like people don't understand how hard these indie guys work, like that driving from town to town, that having to show up with a bunch of t-shirts, you know, having to talk to everybody, even nights you don't want to talk to everybody, having to spam social media. Like they do a lot. Like these kids and not all of them are kids, but these kids work really hard. And so somebody who never had to live that life immediately dismissing it, like you would never hear Daniel Bryan saying that about guys on the indies because he was guy on the indies. You know what I mean? So, yeah, to just skip college and and ask why everybody is showing up without a degree is like, like, what are you talking about, man? It's it's, it's nuts. Um, But no, um. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question, I should, and not because I care, but I want to see how fast you can answer it. Okay. Five favorite porn stars. Okay. Angela White, Kieran Noor, Sarah J, Gianna Michaels, and Diamond Jackson. You stuck in the light skin, right? Right. Wait, Diamond Jackson's not skin diamond. No. Oh Diamond wow. Jackson's I'm gonna clown like... you on Twitter about your choice. Why? No, yeah. Because I can. A dark skin queen, a legend. <laughs> you, I know you put out the dark skin right there at the end. I see what you did. I yeah, because I, I gotta, I gotta you, play it safe. I gotta play it safe. I don't need, and I don't you need threw slander. Triple H in there for synergy. I love it. Hey, Amen. Listen, Sarah <laughs> J. If you ever listen to this, I don't support it. I don't support the slander. One time I tweeted at her like a couple years ago. I was like, "Why are you always slandering her?" And she was like. I can't hear the haters and quote quote tweeted with like I can't hear the haters or something. I was like, you damn right, baby. You get it. You live your life. I'm, I'm sure. And I hope. Like I hope whenever I talk about somebody that they know it's in good fun. Even though I know they don't because people get upset with me. I don't mean nothing to nobody. Unless you're like a racist. Then yeah. I absolutely mean it. But that's yeah, about like, it. She's like an anti racist. Before we get out of here. Okay. I'm sorry. She's like an anti racist. No, yeah. She like was posted a she, video of her crying. Oh no. She, black, yeah. She's a... yeah. She's done her fair share for our community. Let's say it, put it that way. Definitely would have let Booker T win. So, before we get out of here, I'm um, let people know all of the places where they can find. Yeah, you caught the end. Yeah, that was let good. them know um, the places where they can follow you on social media and where they can find your content. Uh, all my stuff, personal stuff, is a. Uh, Christian, uh, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N, or King Christian. Uh, Comedy videos, YouTube videos, Twitter account stuff. uh, All the content I make there personal will be there. Uh, Instagram.com slash King Christian, Twitter.com slash Christian. Photography website and design website, all that stuff is ChrisJWilson.com. Tiger Driver 9X, the website uh, for wrestling and, you know, all that cool stuff. TigerDriver9x.com, Instagram handle, Twitter handle, TigerDriver9x. We have week, uh, daily playlists uh, starting Monday, March 23rd. All the cool stuff over there, a lot of interviews uh, and more merch, hopefully, when this whole thing blows over. And, yeah, that's pretty much all it. And also uh, support support black wrestlers like Faye Jackson, uh, AJ Gray, uh, wrestlers like Effie, Alley Cat, all those, all those great guys and girls over there. Absolutely. Guys, it's been the South Congress Podcast, episode 103. I want to especially thank my guest, Christian Wilson, for joining me. Super content creator, even better social media follow. Um, Guys, thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to next week's guest, whoever that may be, and we're out. Want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comment, show, or movie discuss? 
Supporting the South Congress podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com slash Seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show. 